Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a football Friday here on the station. And Ben, on Fridays, we tap into the brilliant work at kslsports.com. Except for their jazz guy. Not just mine. Or not mine at all. <laughs> Excluding mine. So, let's jump out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. We'll check in with Trevor Allen, who covers the youth for KSLSports.com, coming up a little bit later on in the segment. But right now, he covers the coup for kslsports.com. He's our friend Mitch Harper. What's up, Mitch? Hey, guys. Happy to be on with you on this Football Friday again. Yeah, Mitch, I know BYU's off this week, but but what's this been like? Any advantages to having a bye week this late in the season with a couple of games left to go? Definitely a unique week to have a bye week. To, to go 10 straight weeks, it's pretty rare that, that for that to happen. And in fact, it hasn't happened in the last 40 years for BYU to go 10 straight weeks without a bye. So, uh, unique circumstances for BYU to have this scheduling arrangement, but that's the reality of independence. And only a few more years left of that until they get into the Big 12 Conference. But, you know, it's been uh, a physical week still of practice. Uh, usually they, they haven't uh, practiced really at all, but there has been some practicing this week to stay on task and, and to stay dialed in because that outside shot of going to a New Year's Six is still out there. Is it unlikely? Probably there's got to be a lot of things to happen, but uh, Kalani's had the guys, you know, since uh, Tuesday having some lighter practices, not full uh, practicing, but they, they have actually had some, some practices this week, which has been different than in years past. So, Mitch, uh, I have a feeling I'm going to have a tough time caring about a road game against Georgia Southern next week. Certainly not going to care about it this week, so I'm going to ask you about some other stuff. All right. Um, Kalani Sataki. He's had a huge year. Had a huge year last year. There's going to be a bunch of jobs open, specifically in the Pac-12. Is he? Well, I guess let me put it this way: Maybe the, uh, the what are the odds he's the BYU coach next year? I think the, the odds are really high. I think that um, you know Kalani is a. I think a guy that now that BYU is in a Power Five conference going coming up, and he got another contract extension. Uh, there's a commitment to Kalani, and I think Kalani has earned. Um, you know, the bandwidth, the latitude to really uh, feel comfort finally in this job. I think even after 2019 contract extension, there was still that, that feeling of we're giving you this extension because of the potential still. We still believe in you, but, uh, you know, he didn't fully establish himself. But last year and this year, he is the leader of BYU football going forward. There, there's no better fit uh, for BYU to, to navigate the transition to the Big 12 Conference. So, uh, Kalani, if he wants to be at BYU, he's got that uh, latitude. And I think, and I think the key for him is going to be to just get more uh, for BYU's administrators to give more resources to Kalani. And it's not just simply financial. I don't think he's driven simply by financials. He's making a good living being the BYU head football coach, but he's got to have his assistants taken care of. He's got to get a recruiting staff uh, that goes beyond just two full-time employees. They've got to ramp it up to contend with the Baylors who have 10 guys on uh, the recruiting staff that are full-time employees. That's what BYU has to do, and that's the commitment that has to be shown by BYU administrators uh, to really understand that uh, you know what they're in for. And the thing is, I talked with BYU's vice president, Keith Borkink, uh, a couple months ago, and in my conversation with him, because it was kind of more of a, 
you know, administrative perspective. And I even asked him, what's going to be the, uh, the task to ramp up to the Big 12 Conference? And he said, we've got to commit from a recruiting standpoint and, and also resources. So if that's, you know, if, if that's really what he believes, and that's coming from an administrative point of view at BYU, they're all in. They understand the task at hand from a, what athletics brings to, to BYU, and they understand the uh, uh, uphill climb that they got to undertake being in the Big 12 Conference. So I feel like Kalani's going to get the resources necessary. I think there's no reason to leave. I think the only job that could lure him away, in my opinion, would be a USC, because that's just a premier brand that's, that's just top shelf that BYU can't contend with. Anyone else in the Pac-12, I don't think he has the cachet and the clout to pull a Kalani Sasaki anymore. Mitch, no BYU football this weekend, but a big basketball game tonight against San Diego State. They maybe didn't play as well in the opening game against Cleveland State as you would expect, uh, but this has kind of turned into a rivalry with uh, with the Aztecs. What are you expecting tonight? Yeah, it is a good series. I mean, it's in you know BYU in the West Coast Conference. It's tough to get anyone that registers a, a thought that it really has any sort of name brand uh, coming into the Marriott Center. But San Diego State has become you know, a consistent basketball brand out West for the last 15 or so years. So I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to come down to the wire. And I think that, you know, it's the first week of the college basketball season, but it's one that, you know, you got to, you do have to think about NCAA tournament resume building for BYU just because the opportunities are so few and far between being in a league like the West Coast Conference. So they got to get this win uh, and it could be a quality, you know, quad one victory for their tournament resume, you know, a couple of months from now. And, you know, Alex Barcelo, he was really good uh, a couple nights ago against Cleveland State, had you know, 24 points on only six field goal attempts, very efficient. He got he took care of business at the free throw line. Uh, he is clearly a leader of this BYU team, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how they fare against the San Diego State team that's going to be very physical. Cleveland State gave them some issues with their full-court press, and, and BYU, when their three-point shot's not going down like it was on Tuesday, be you know a little bit dicey even on their home floor, so they got to be able to knock down their outside shots against a bigger, longer, more athletic San Diego State team. So, Mitch, give us the story. How did BYU really land Colin Chandler? No, I, I really believe that this was a deal with the, the relationship between Mark Pope and, and Chris Burgess, and I think that they uh, laid out a vision that uh, was kind of coincided with, with Colin Chandler, how he sees himself at the next level in, in college basketball and what he can become. I think they really uh, laid out that he can be a you know, face of the program, uh, and I think that they look at him and be this, this dynamic outside shooting uh, combo guard that can be you know, a first-team all-Big 12 guy. I think that that's kind of the vision. I mean, it, all the uh, projections, when you look at him, he could be a potential uh, McDonald's All-American. He's a candidate or a watch list name for the Naismith high school All-American trophy this year in high school basketball. So when you're in that type of uh, conversation, the the thought would be you're going to be a future NBA player. And I think that, you know, having guys like Pope and Burgess who have played at some of the highest levels in basketball and their connections, that's going to, you know, pay dividends. I mean, BYU had, you know, the NBA combine people come into Provo this offseason to run kind of a, a mock combine for this BYU program, they're, they're really utilizing the NBA and the way they operate. They had the Sacramento Kings out uh, on campus back in September as well to kind of get feedbacks on, on analytics and things like that. So BYU is, is utilizing you know the NBA and advanced data and analytics, and I think it was really appealing to Colin Chandler, and I think that the Big 12 played a huge part too, uh, You know, selling the 
by the metrics, the best conference in college basketball was appealing to him too. I mean, the atmospheres that he's going to go into at Fog Allen Fieldhouse and, and some of these places in the Big 12 is, is really appealing. And, and BYU doesn't get Colin Chandler if they're in the West Coast Conference. It's as simple as that. So I think those combination of things and the, the, the ties to the NBA and how they're utilizing that is really what won the day, I think, for Colin Chandler. Mitch, thank you very much. Excellent work as always. We appreciate it. Ain't no problem, guys. Take care. See you, Mitch. Mitch Harper. Do you agree with Mitch that no other school other than USC, and obviously I would include Oregon in this, but you know, Oregon's not going to have a job no. opening unless Mario Cristobal leaves. No other school in the Pac-12 has the cachet to hire Kalani Sataki away from BYU? No, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I think there's still probably a couple of these premier schools that once you really see what they're able to offer you behind the scenes... And it's not saying they're they're paying you under the table or anything, but yeah, if Washington can come in and say, hey, we'll give your top assistant a million dollars, and you can't offer half that at BYU, that gets really hard to turn right. uh, turn down. And you know what? That's that's what coaches do. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall took most of his staff down to Virginia with him and got all those guys paid as well. You know, that's that's rewarding the guys who helped you uh, kind of climb that ladder. Resources was the word Mitch used, and, and he hit that right on the head. Well, BYU put out the resources. You mentioned it's paying assistance. Well, what if yep. they're paying Kalani $5 million? Right. And, and BYU's taped it together with boosters and this mm-hmm. super secret council of coach payers that are doing it privately. But, you know, how long and how high do you go with, with that sort of thing? And frankly, a, a job like Washington, and that's the one that sprung into my mind, yep. it's an easier job than BYU. Correct. It's an easier job. It's an easier job. UCLA might be depending on what's going on uh, with See, USC. now you're getting into the area where I agree with Mitch where, you know, like he's not, he's not taking Arizona. Correct. No, those aren't He's better not going jobs to Washington than BYU State right now. or Oregon State or any of those. But Washington's a great job, and you can win big there, and you can get paid big there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think those are those would be the interesting names for Klein yeah. to have to listen to.